Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. And may the force be with you. Always. Welcome, everyone, to the Credible Nerds podcast. This is episode 42 where we revisit The Rise of Skywalker. It recently came out on home video and digital release. And one thing we like to do here at The Credible Nerds is when the movies that we like come out on home video, we review them again to see how they've held up over the last few months. So we're doing that with The Rise of Skywalker. My name is Justin, and my usual co-host, Mark, he's on a special assignment for the Jedi Council, and he was unable to make it to this review. So I invited two Padawans to join me here on this review of The Rise of Skywalker. We're going to have... Blake and Nathan join us. They are longtime Star Wars fans and have been involved with the franchise for quite some time. So we're going to get their thoughts and input on this last Star Wars film and how it's been for them throughout this whole journey and what they thought of the film when it was released in theaters and how well it sits with them, you know, about four months after its initial release. So first off, Blake, uh, give us a little background on your Star Wars history, how you got involved when you got involved and just throughout the years, how did you end up liking it? it? Generally speaking, we'll get into the details later. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up in the, I was born in 76 and grew up in the eighties and, and uh, probably there were two movies that I remember. The two first movies I remember going to was return of the Jedi and, uh, and the karate kid, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Star Wars has kind of been something that's been, you know, that part part of our lives growing up, right? And it, it, the interesting thing about it is it's 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 broken into these three different sagas and and uh, or three different pieces. And, and and so as a young kid, I saw I saw the first three, of course, and and then just as I was dating my wife, the the second three started to come out, and and now I'm as as they've as they've uh introduced the the last three um you know those are the ones i'm sharing with my kid and and uh you know i checked ashton out of school a couple of years ago the uh, as one of the star wars came out on his birthday checked him out we went and saw star wars together and so it's kind of a rite of passage a little bit and and uh i've seen all of them you know many times uh but um yeah, I think it's it's something that became more of more, you know, more more than a movie and more of kind of a, a cultural part of our lives, especially those of us who were who were born in the 70s. So, um, yeah. OK. Uh, as as far as things outside of the movies, do you watch any of the television shows like The Clone Wars or The Mandalorian or do you collect Star Wars memorabilia, anything like that? So, so, uh, yeah, we've, we've gotten into, especially with Disney plus it, it, it makes a lot of those pretty easily available. So we watched the Mandalorian, uh, really like the Mandalorian and starting to watch the clone wars and, and, uh, uh, some of those other, and then the other two movies that came out, Rogue One and, and Solo, uh, both of those were really cool. And I, I like those because it was kind of an all bets are off kind of thing, right? It's yeah. a little bit separate from the from the traditional, uh, uh, storyline of, of, uh, of the other star Wars movies. And so, 
you know, those were pretty interesting new characters and, and, uh, you know, kind of new possibilities. So yeah, we're, we, we watched a lot of the other, the other shows as well. Um, you know, play a lot of the video games. I got a nine year old son and he's pretty into all of that. And so we do that as far as collecting, I'd grown up as a kid. Um, I don't know what was wrong with me, but instead of collecting star Wars or star Wars toys, I was collecting He-Man toys. And so, (laughs) you know, I'm still waiting for masters of the universe to get remade. Yeah. I've heard rumors. It's on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All right, cool. All right. So Nathan, kind of the same thing, you know, have you always been involved with the movies with since 77 and kind of what's your star Wars journey? Yeah. So like Blake, uh, you know, I was born in the early seventies and 73 and, uh, like many star Wars fans, I remember seeing, uh, star Wars, uh, now star Wars, a new hope, you know, in the movie theater. And I'll never forget like many star Wars fans, that opening scene with the, uh, with the scroll as it goes across the screen and trying to keep up with reading it and then seeing, uh, the, uh, the, the ship as it flies across and it's getting attacked and, and you see that, that star destroyer, what we now know is the star destroyer as it rumbled all across the top of the screen, almost like it felt like it was coming over the top of your head and just how it kept going and going and going and going. And you thought it would never end. And the, just the 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 the, sh- the scale of it, and uh, from that moment on, I was hooked. It was just mind blowing to me, and the whole Skywalker saga, you know. And like like many uh, of us, you know, I, I wanted to be uh, Luke Skywalker. I I wanted to be. I wanted to have the Force and and learn everything about it. And as the Empire came out and Return of the Jedi, I just felt like, uh, you know, those that was a universe that, you know, like many of us, we all wanted to, to live in and, and, and secretly wish we were a part of. Uh, and then uh, and then growing up when the next three, when the next trilogy came out, uh, like Blake, I was a young adult now and and. Uh, and enjoyed those three, but uh, but as I've mentioned uh, in discussions we've had before, you know the perspective on uh, these movies uh, has been interesting in, to me to to be a part of them, and and Blake kind of touched on this a little bit, but how the time and distance between the releasing of these of these the three separate trilogies, how you're viewing them in a different time and age in your life you know, gives you a different perspective. And, and I'm sure we can kind of go more into that as we, as we uh, discuss it further, but uh, just a, a huge fan uh, of the, not only the star Wars universe, but of course uh, a lot of those things that were popular in the eighties um, that uh, we've all enjoyed. And uh, I wouldn't call myself an expert, um, but I, I think I would, I, I did try to my best to follow the lore a little bit. Um, I did play. Uh, in, I remember in high school, I had some friends, and we played what I guess would be the Dungeons and Dragons version of Star Wars. Uh, I 
and uh, that was fun. So some role playing games. And, was that uh, the Wizards of the Coast stuff? Do you remember? You know, I could I couldn't tell you the name. You know, I I had a friend who was, you know, he would always kind of run run the run the uh, stories, and we had and I had a character, mm-hmm. uh, but it was in the Star Wars universe, and we would uh, we played a few times. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I, I too enjoyed playing some of the early PC games before consoles were popular and, uh, doing that as well. Um, so yeah, just always been a fan, just kind of always, you know, spoke the, the, that universe and, and the stories, they just kind of always spoke to, to my heart. You know, the Phantom Mantis caused the first fight that Marie and I ever had because it came out and it was, a, I mean, it was the first really big deal movie, probably kind of in recent time uh, where it was like midnight movie, people dressing up and all those things. And so we got, I got midnight tickets and uh, I told Marie like, Hey, we're going, you know? And, yeah. and uh, she had something else going on that night and she couldn't go. And, and I told her, well, I'm still going. And so I went with a friend and, uh, oh man, she got so mad about that because, uh, star Wars was more important than seeing it with her for the first time. So she didn't talk to me for like four days. I still, I made the right decision. Oh yeah. I do know that clearly. Did you, were you guys married at the time? No, we were, we were dating. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that could have been the thing. That, yeah, that prevented us from getting married, but her dad actually had to talk to her about it. Like, <laughs> hey, you got to let this go, man. <laughs> it was like four days. Ah, it's the best story I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. Which... bring it up to her. She'll <laughs> yeah. still fume, man. You'll still see the steam. <laughs> Which theater did you guys go to? We went to. Uh, well, and back then the theaters were, they weren't like they are right now, you know? Yeah. I mean, we went to the one uh, over, man, everything's changed so much. Um, over off of 5400 South and Redwood Road. Okay. Yeah. Not the man, but the other one there. I, yeah, right by where that old Wingers was. It's a Verges now, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, we saw that one. And that's, I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, when we went to movies when we were kids, it was like, you know, the old school theaters, the screens were smaller, there wasn't 3D, there wasn't, you know, Dolby surround sound. And I remember, you know, taking our kids to the, to the, you know, the, the first of these last three Star Wars movies. And, and uh, I mean, the experience is just so much different, you know. Yeah. It's uh but but yeah, that that's where we saw it. Okay. We went to the one on State Street and thirty third South. The is it Cinemark? Those, oh yeah. Those, they were brand new at the time. And we went I didn't go opening night. Um I think we ended up we went Saturday night at like eleven. Me and my wife before we were married, so but she didn't get mad at me. She just fell asleep. She <laughs> So I was mad at her for falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, it wasn't that one of your tests? Yeah. It's like, we'll see. We'll see if she's marriage material. But Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right. 
Well, so you guys have been in the Star Wars universe since you were kids. I think we all have pretty similar stories with at least the original movies. You know, saw them as kids, grew up, wanted to, you know, be the characters, be Luke, be Han, uh, that sort of thing. And then the, about the same stage in life when the prequels came out, uh, I know there was a lot of people didn't like them uh, because of just mostly like Jar Jar Binks and then Anakin Skywalker was a kid and he wasn't, you know, this mean guy. So turned off a lot of people that just wasn't what they had pictured in their minds growing up all these years. Um, and then after episode three, you know, Star Wars was done. And then the Clone Wars was still going on, which is hit or miss with a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of fans. Then we got the announcement that, you know, Disney was buying Star Wars, buying Lucasfilm, and they were going to make 7, 8, 9, and the fandom reared up, and everybody got excited, and with The Force Awakens, you know, made like $2 billion in movies, ticket sales, and everybody was back on the Star Wars train, and just this past year, 2019, uh, they finished the... Skywalker Saga with episode nine. So we'll talk ab- about that mostly. Just um, did you guys, were you excited for it? Uh, there was a lot of people didn't care for episode eight, The Last Jedi. And then Solo came out and a lot of people weren't too hot on that one either. So there's a lot of trepidation and people were wary about episode nine. And just wondering what your initial thoughts were with, with uh, the rise of Skywalker for me i was i was kind of in this that boat where i wasn't i was cooling a little bit on the saga as far as uh, episode 8 kind of put me in this funk but i was still looking forward to see episode 9 and i was there opening night saw it i think 3 times in the theater so you know i was i was in, i was bought in but just kind of what were your guys's perspectives going in to episode 9 start with you Nathan well you know what's interesting um, for me was uh, and, and I touched on this earlier was all, all the time that I've watched the Star Wars saga as I followed the Star Wars saga and the movies uh, that you know each each trilogy came out in a different time of my life and and I, and I think as the second trilogy and even the third trilogy came out, I found myself always trying to kind of recapture that magic and always compare uh, those trilogies and that experience to, to what they were when I was uh, a, a young kid. And, uh, and I, I, I had to stop myself and, and try to remember that, you know, my perspective and my view of, of these um, by simply aging is going to be ch- is going to change and I, and I didn't go into them with uh, an, an innocence like I did as a child but rather a hope or a feeling to to recapture an experience and I know that you know the Star Wars movies have always been um, a a storyline that could be uh, very polarizing. Uh, people will always love the universe, but they don't. But they're they're hypercritical uh, of of the saga at the same time. You know, I, I personally didn't have a problem with the second trilogy 
as far as the story goes, but I did struggle with how it was presented. Um, and then to get to your question, uh, as I watched the third trilogy and ultimately the final episode, uh, nine, I found myself kind of uh, really struggling with the fact that um, the, the, the movie number eight really seemed to take the story in a completely new direction, which seemed to be uh, apropos for the times that we are living in. And, and, I could, and, and at first I, I struggled with some of it, but, but I got it, I understood it. To, with the idea or the principle to to make it look like that that the force and or the jedi uh and or uh everything that existed it you don't have to be unique or special uh to be able to have access to that and that you know that anyone can anyone can play a role for to be a force for good, right? Uh, and and I appreciated that, and I thought it was great. Um, but I knew that it would be a, a, a tough storyline to to follow when when as a child and as a young adult, you, you kind of look for stories that have that hero, because when you list, read a book and or watch a movie and or try to to live in these universes, there's a part of you, and the reason why we do that is to escape, right? We want to, we kind of want to escape our our lives for a minute and, and imagine what our lives would be like and or uh, what our life would be like and almost in a way imagine ourselves as, as the starring role in these, in, these, in these movies. And so when the last episode came out, Knowing that the, the the direction that the previous director had taken, Ryan Johnson, you know, it was going to be interesting to see how they continued that story. Um, I was definitely disappointed, you know. And Mark Hamill even kind of commented in some of the interviews he made about how, in that movie, this is not how a Jedi would act. But you know, he uh, and he he struggled with the story. And I and I, I kind of felt the same, uh, but as I watched episode nine, I have to admit I was like, "Well, it's a good movie, right? It's it, and it it's a great movie, and it 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 does what it needs to do. It, it takes all of the loose ends and ties them all up, and makes it out. Everything work out just fine, and answers all the questions, and and." really what else are they to do because not only does it end a trilogy but it ends a nine-part movie series and and what other options do they have yeah that's a tough job no matter who you are exactly and so for abrams to be able to kind of take over the reins after ryan he, he definitely uh left him with some challenges uh, and I, I don't know if there was any corroboration on, on those parts. I think Ryan Johnson kind of took, he, he kind of created his own story and took it his own direction, which I didn't necessarily have a problem with. But 
probably made it much diff- more difficult for the final act to be kind of uh, cup brought to a close. And uh, and J.J. Abrams certainly had a huge task on his hands to do that. And he did it. I think he, he pretty sum- he summed it up as best he could. But I can't help but feel like it was a little kind of cookie cutter, a little... A little like, you know, here it is, and a nice perfect package all tied up and presented to yeah. you, and here it is, the end. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it is it what it is what it is, and and it it did what it did, and it, and I'm fine with it. But as I have mentioned before, you know, being a forty-something-year-old watching these movies. You're never going to watch them like they were when you were five, eight, ten years old. Yeah. So you need to let go of that and just and just watch them and not try to recapture that, but enjoy them for what they were. Yeah. So for you, Blake, what were your thoughts yeah. going in, and what, where were you at in your Star Wars headspace? I guess. Yeah. So so I mean. For me, I think there was still a lot of that excitement. I, uh, I mean, I, this is something like, like you said, this, this is something that's been going for, for 40 years now. Right. And so, you know, I had a lot of excitement just, just to see how all of this ended and, and really these last three movies, you know, these are the ones that continue on from the first, uh, three. Right. And so we've been waiting for this since we were, you know, 10 years old or whatever. And so, uh, I, I was still super excited about it. I, I think, you know, what, what, what Nathan said, so true, you, you know, when something becomes such a part of, you know, pop culture and, 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 and people get so passionate about it, um, that, that's a, that's a hard place to, you know, to operate in, I think as, as, as movie makers. And you kind of saw it with, with George Lucas when he, when, when they, you know, brought out the the second three movies. You know, people were just there. Were, the expectations were so high, and people wanted what they saw twenty years before, but they didn't. They wanted something new, but they wanted something the same. And I think when when uh, the Force Awakens came out, you know, people really loved it because it brought back that that formula and those original characters and 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 everything and and everybody was so excited about it but then coming into uh the last jedi there was criticism about the force awakens well that was a lot like a new hope and and you know it would be great if they gave us something new and so yeah. with uh with the last jedi the one thing i really appreciated about it is it all bets were off right it was it was a a little bit different um story arc and and uh and so, yeah, it was polarizing, but but I kind of really appreciated it for being something new, a, a different direction, and, and something a little bit, uh, you know, uh, new from from the Force Awakens. So so I was pretty excited about the last one. You know, I kind of agree with Nate too that when, when I did see the last one, there was so much they had to do. It's kind of that fan service challenge I think that they had, and and there was so much they had to wrap up in forty years of. Uh, of storytelling and relationship that they had with the fans. And, and so for me, um, 
you know, I, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit in more detail, but, but for me, I, I, you know, I appreciated it for, for what it did and what it had to do. And, and, you know, I think, uh, like Nate said, we're watching this as, as 40 year olds now. And, uh, but we're also watching it with our kids. And so, you know, as I'm kind of watching Ashton and, and it's blowing his mind, you know, as, as we're watching this and all the twists and turns are, are new to him and, and everything. And so, so that, that, that was kind of a little bit of an added, uh, you know, an added enjoyment, that, yeah. you know, with the story. So, yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you guys are both looking forward to it and, as well as I was, and we're interested to see how it turned out. Um, I, I don't remember before, the, uh, the last Jedi, I always got the impression that they were going to do, uh, episodes 10, 11, 12, because they never talked about, oh, we're just doing this one trilogy, and then the Skywalker saga is done. And then we didn't start hearing the end of the Skywalker saga until they started promoting Episode Nine. I was always under the impression that, you know, the, these first seven, eight, nine movies, they were going to tie it in with the legacy characters with Han, Luke, and Leia, and then they do another trilogy with the new characters and then maybe close it out at that, at that point. So I think after the backlash of the last Jedi and how solo didn't do very well, the box office, I think that's when they were like, okay, now we got to wrap up. Let's just wrap everything up in this last movie and call it good. And then we'll go in this new direction. You know, there hasn't ever been a official statement or anything like that, but that was kind of the impression I've gotten living through these last five, six years of, of this, these new movies. So it, it was a hard task for JJ Abrams to be able to not only, like you said earlier, to wrap up the, this new trilogy, but to wrap up the saga. And so I think that's why they ended up making a lot of the decisions they made with, for example, including Palpatine in it and then killing off uh, Ben Solo or Kylo Ren and just, you know, those big choices that they ended up making. So I think they kind of painted themselves into a corner and it limited the story. But I, I still enjoyed the movie. Uh, you know, I've seen it several times. I've bought it for home video. I'm going to watch it several more times. So it's not that I don't like it. I just kind of wonder if it was, if it could have been better or not. So. But as far as The Rise of Skywalker goes, when I first saw it, I went in and I was thinking, wow, this movie's really fast. It's covering a lot of ground. And it just f felt rapid fire. Boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, it's over. And they did end up covering a lot of ground. It seems like they tried to put two movies into one or one and a half movies into one. And did you guys feel that at all? Like, at least the first time. As I saw it. More times I didn't, I was able to, you know, digest it better. But what were your, did you feel like they were covering too much ground? Uh, I did. Well, I don't know if they would, I, were, I don't know if I would describe it as covering too much ground, but I, I certainly do feel like, and this has been, this has been again said before, but, you know, the introduction of Ray's character, you know, she did seem, to be almost a little too, uh, she almost seemed to fit into the 
the the the puzzle a little too perfectly um and i think sometimes you know we as as an audience we're looking for the individual who doesn't fit in and but and doesn't fully recognize or realize their potential but yet as 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 they progress through their story they discover not only that they discover within themselves an incredible amount of potential and and someone brings it out of them and with Ray's character it seems like that never really happened uh you know she never really had a, a mentor um that on screen right uh I, I she certainly had mentors probably in her life but i don't know if that message was brought across uh you know on the screen and and she seemed to just kind of automatically be almost like this this perfectly molded character who kind of just adapted uh throughout uh the the series you know again i've i, I enjoyed the movies um uh, but i i certainly was uh i certainly struggled a little bit as i watched them with how how this how the characters were presented uh but in the end i i always go back to the simple fact that you know it's star wars and, and how can you not like a star wars movie right yeah so this this saga as i've rewatched, you know seven eight and watched nine a couple more times it's it's apparent that this is Ray's trilogy. This is Ray's journey. Much like the original was Luke's journey, the prequels were Anakin's journey. Um, so this was Ray's journey. Do you guys feel, sounds like you, Nathan, that you didn't feel like they were able to flesh that out as much as it should have been? Or it could have been better developed? Or I, I definitely think it was Ray's journey, but I don't know that, that that they presented the story enough where we could really get to know her. It seems like kind of what you touched on in your introduction to the topic. They seem to fast forward, you know, as we watched Luke develop his character um, in episode uh, four and five, that all seemed to happen in the first 15 to 20 minutes of of the rise of, of the force awakens. Um, and, uh, and, and, and she's on the millennium Falcon and, and she's with Finn and they're, and she's part of the resistance and, and they're flying off to, to get BB eight. And it, I, I felt like, man, that was quick. And, uh, and she's already, you know, an expert pilot, which, you know, they talked about Skywalker and how he was supposed to be a good pilot. But, but to the best of my knowledge, she hadn't flown out of, she hadn't left the, the Jakku in a ship since she was a little girl and she's already flying through light speed through. And it's just like, and, and that happened like in the first 15 minutes of the force awakens. And then it's, and it, where it felt like, you know, that, that, that was flushed out more slowly in, in the original trilogy. Ray is just kind of like, bam, she's there. And now we're getting on to the big picture. And with the force awakens, uh, it turned out to be kind of a rehash of episode four, just a bigger, bigger, more powerful death star. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so for me, I, I, I kind of wonder, this has been a little bit unique from the, from the, uh, the first trilogy and the second trilogy because the, the directors have changed, you know? And so I, I, I kind of always wonder if when the force awakens was, was made, I, I don't know if they kind of had the entire arc fleshed out or, or kind of, you know, I, I imagine that there was going to be, you know, some of those conflicts for Ray that, that came out, but uh, that's, I, you know, I know in the, um, uh, the rise of Skywalker, um, they, they played on on Ray's past and where she came from and who her parents were and and uh, um, so I don't know if if with the Force Awakens that was kind of the plan you know we don't know what her past is there's a mystery there and and she starts to develop as kind of the hero here and and then her past kind of comes back to to haunt her or or, or bring question into you know kind of her destiny i i don't know if that was always the plan or not so so i didn't really have as much of a a, a concern about that um and as they did bring it in in the third one it was kind of one of the you know fun fun storylines there uh that that really her you know she's a palpatine and and uh um and you know, kind of that reveal and, and, and the challenge she's, I, I think that could have been a little bit meatier, you know, but, but I thought it was a, a an interesting approach and, um, meteor in what way, what do you mean by that? Like, maybe it goes a little bit back to what Nate kind of mentioned for, for me. I, I never really had doubt, you know, I remember seeing the, the trailer for, um, uh, for the movie, uh, and, and there's a scene where, you know, kind of she, it's, it's her in her kind of Sith form or, or whatever. Um, and you know, there's a little bit of evil there and, and, and everything, but, but I never personally felt like, yeah, there's some question about Ray, who knows how Ray's going to end up. I always kind of felt like, you know, she's, I mean, you know, she's gonna, she's, she's not going to go over to the dark side and, 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 and she's going to remain the hero in this story. And so I guess when I say meteor, I, I feel like there wasn't quite enough conflict or quite enough, like, I don't know, there, there wasn't quite enough doubt in, in kind of where she came from and, and what that might do to her and, and kind of her destiny, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Like, I agree with you. I never felt while well, seeing the the dark side Ray and her uh, conversations with Palpatine at the end were were cool. I never like you. I never was like, oh, she's gonna turn dark. Part of me wanted her to, but I knew that would involve another trilogy, and I knew they weren't doing that. So, you know, she was gonna overcome evil in the in the end anyway. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know it was the it was the final chapter of the trilogy and final final chapter of the saga, and it would you couldn't really go into that movie without the expectation that would it would have a, a, a twist at the end, right? I mean, it certainly could have happened, but but it was highly unlikely. And, and with with the dark ray, you know that in the trailer, 
I, I don't. It almost seemed like kind of they were hint, trying to hint to something, but not really fooling anybody. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know which convention it was, but when they teased that Palpatine was coming back in the original trailer, I think at was it Comic San Diego Comic Con, one of the Comic Cons. It was at Star Wars Celebration. Star Wars Celebration that yeah. that they brought back. Um, Palpatine and who when they ran that original trailer you know that certainly was shocking I, I don't know that people expected to see that but once they did you were almost kind of like well we know where this is going <laughs> and you know and I, I and I would almost venture to say that's the state with a lot of movies today the trailers almost seem to give away too much information um but I, I will say this, though, when The Force Awakens was being talked about and Disney was taking over Star Wars, there was uh, a lot of, you know, and this is a sign of the times, right? You know, uh, YouTube videos, um, something that didn't exist, obviously, in the younger trilogies, but uh, the previous trilogies. But there was a, a meme, so to speak that showed um, uh, the actor from, with Matthew McConaughey and the movie Interstellar, they showed a scene of him out in space watching the trailer and just tears coming down his eyes, right? Um, did you guys see that, that, that uh, trailer? See that that, I have to look uh, that up. So it was when the trailer was Rise of Skywalker, or uh, The Force Awakens, rather, when it was first released, uh, the uh, people took the clip of him, Matthew McConaughey's character. Uh, it's the scene in that movie, Interstellar, where he goes, he's he he comes back from being down on the planet, and like thirty years has probably passed. Yeah, and he's going to watch, you know, these video emails from his kids, and he sees they're all grown up, and and he has a grandkid now, and he just balls and balling his eyes out. Well, someone obviously put in the clip from the Force uh, from the uh, Force Awakens, and you know he gets all emotional. And I felt the same way. I mean, I when I first saw that trailer of the Force Awakens, it brought back similar emotions to me. I was like, "This is like it was like oh, this is it, man!" And uh, it was it was incredible how these trailers do that. And then you get all hyped, and you go in, and you go and you sit down, and you watch these movies. And you're just like on the edge of your seat because, you know, and then and then things start happening in the movies that you're kind of like turn your head at. You're like, wait a second. What was that? What did I just see? And and then it kind of sucks, kind of sucks the enjoyment out of it. And it's so important that you go into these movies and take that critic that critical mind out and just watch them for what they are. Otherwise, you won't enjoy them. And yeah. So we talked about how we feel about Ray's journey, especially in this this last movie. How do you feel that the other characters were dealt with, with Finn and Poe and uh, Kylo Ren? I think they were the other major characters throughout the trilogy. Do you feel like their journeys were addressed in this last movie? Were they left wanting? Um, I guess especially with Kylo Ren, he had the, the biggest change i think out of all of them uh what are your thoughts on that so so with kylo ren uh 
he, I always thought he was really an interesting choice, you know, and, uh, knowing him from, you know, other, uh, other works and girls and things like that. And, but man, I, I, I always really liked him as Kylo Ren and, and, uh, I, I, you know, it, it was an interesting thing. He, he played this balance of, of, of being kind of this damaged identity and, uh, but also just having this rage within him. And I, I, I really, you know, enjoyed watching that, that kind of play out. And, and with him, you know, I, I, I think, well, it all kind of culminates there is, you know, Kylo Ren's, uh, fighting with Ray on the, on the Death Star. And, and, uh, you know, he kind of has that, a real similar experience to what he had in, in the Force Awakens, right? He has the, uh, the interaction with with Han Solo and pretty similar, right, to uh, uh, to what happened in the Force Awakens and and uh, you know to kind of see to see him come back at that point and, and and you know that that was that was a cool scene. I like that scene and I'm glad that you know and it was it was even like word for word, right? Like yeah. I know what I've got to do. I don't know if I have the the, the strength to do it. Um, I am glad he didn't stab Han Solo again, though. That would have probably damaged me beyond repair. So I'm yeah. glad he didn't do that. But but I, I liked watching watching you know kind of that that evolve and um, you know I also kind of liked uh, the connection. I really liked the connection that him and Ray had. I thought it was um, really interesting. It, it started with. Uh, uh, the last Jedi and, and then kind of continued on here where, you know, they have this connection and, and they're interacting with each other, even when they're in different, uh, in different places. And, 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 you know, had a lightsaber fight in two different places. And, and, and then, you know, that connection becomes kind of a strength as they, as they, you know, fight the, uh, Emperor Palpatine, the Sith. And, and so anyway, I, 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 I liked watching that. I liked watching their interaction. I know some people didn't, you know, kind of had some challenges with that, but I, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed and, and I know earlier we talked about how this was, this, this trilogy was Ray, uh, you know, about Ray and, and her journey. But I, but like, like we said also that, it felt like there was a lot of a lot of that journey we didn't see on the screen, um, but in in hindsight, and um, it it feels you could almost make the argument that this trilogy was more about Kylo Ren and his journey than it was about Rey, and and the struggle that he went with. I mean, if we were going to make a comparison between the original trilogy and this, um, you know, episodes uh, four, five, and six in comparison to the last trilogy. Uh, and, and if Kylo Ren is the version of Darth Vader, we, we saw nothing uh, in, in that in depth of Darth Vader's character in the original trilogy uh, as far as where his motivation was and what where he came from and what was going on in his inside his head. But we did see that with Luke and you could almost again, make the argument that with Kylo Ren's character, 
he was almost he could have Luke could have just as easily followed the same path that Kylo Ren did, but Luke could have gone down the dark side at a young age and then seen his struggle to come back. And, and that's exactly what happened to Kylo Ren. And we really saw that struggle within him and that relationship develop as he dealt with Snoke, as he dealt with Darth Vader and his ghost and his ghost and his relationship with his parents, Han and Leia. I can't help but feel like this last trilogy, even though it was presented to be about Rey and her journey, really, on screen, it would seem like it's more about Kylo Ren and him and his journey and going from the bottom and then and ultimately rising to the top. So, you know, the title of the last movie was The Rise of Skywalker, but who really rose from the ashes? Was it Rey or was it Kylo? Because it seems like Kylo was the one who is a true Skywalker, right? Yeah. Who was the one who really rose to the in the end to overcome his his struggles and to help Rey uh, in the end. So so really, who who is the Skywalker? Who who what is this movie about? I can't help but make feel like more. It was more about Kylo Ren and and his journey than it was Ray's. Yeah, I I was aware of everything you said, but until you put it in that perspective in the whole trilogy aspect, I I never thought of it that way. I think Kylo Ren's story is kind of the inverse of Anakin's story, where he started out good, at least in the films started out good and ended up being the bad villain while in this trilogy it's it's you know the opposite and yeah yeah that's a good point because um, you know episode eight is kind of the it's the crux of Ray and Kylo coming together and deciding what path both of them are gonna take Ray is tempted to to join Kylo because she doesn't have family but Kylo's willing to take her in and train her and be that teacher that she didn't have. And Kylo is, you know, having conversations with Ray and Ray's telling her, Hey, you should come back to the light side. And so they kind of cross paths right there and they both can make one decision or the other, but we see what happens is they kind of stay the same. And then in rise of Skywalker, they're both presented with that same um, challenge, that those same choices. And this time, Kylo Ren is able to to switch over, and I always knew they were going to have some sort of redemption. At least that's the the feelings and the the hints that I was getting throughout the trilogy, is that Kylo Ren would be redeemed, and I didn't see how they could do it before this movie, because uh, it just didn't it wouldn't make sense to me all the scenarios that I played out in my head or talked to people with it it didn't make sense, and I didn't see how they were going to do it. But the way yeah. that they did it, it was perfect. I didn't question it at all. Like when Blake was talking earlier about meeting up with Han Solo, I didn't question it at all. I was like, yep, that's how it has to be done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do struggle personally in reality to, to, to believe someone could come back from murdering their own father, right? right. That, that is... That is a struggle. 
um, and they had to really figure out a way. And, and we know Harrison Ford, um, it's no big secret, kind of always a petition for uh, that character, uh, Han Solo, uh, to, to end. Uh, and uh, even from an er- early stages in the saga and where that ended. And I think it was cer- certainly apropos that that event occurred um, to see and really was a gut-wrenching moment and, and made for a great cinema. But ultimately, how do you come bring a character back from killing their own father? And, and you, know, and they, they, you know, they had the scene in The Last Skywalker where Kylo has kind of a, a discussion with, with Han Solo's character. And, and we know it was kind of an inner discussion where he came to, uh, he had to come to some sort of resolution within himself for what he did, um, and that's something he'll always have to live with, right? Or his character will have to live with. And it, it's, it, it, I think it's hard to do that, but we really don't have a choice, do we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we kind of have to accept it for what it is, and you know, and, and I think the way they presented it that. Kylo Ren's character was not Ben Skywalker and that he, they, you know, and that's, that's how they presented in the movie, right? That there are two different characters and Kylo Ren died and Ben Skywalker came back and Ben Skywalker didn't kill his dad. I'm, I'm Ben Solo rather, excuse me. Ben Solo did not kill his dad, right? Yeah. He, uh, Kylo Ren did. All right, so Finn and Poe, we'll touch briefly on them. When I first saw the the Force Awakens, I wanted, I was expecting Finn to be a major player, that he would either train with Rey or he would do his own training and become a Jedi. They all but hinted at that with him taking up the lightsaber and you know having a duel with Kylo yeah. Ren, which we'd never seen before, a, a non-Jedi or non-Force user uh, do that. But... Um, so I was disappointed at the end. He he hints at that he can feel the force. He can use the force to some degree, and then then that's kind of the end of. He becomes a leader in the resistance, which is cool. He transitioned from first order trooper to resistance leader. So that was a good journey. Uh, but I wanted more from him. I wanted to be kind of there were, in the original trilogy. There was. Uh, Han and Luke, both big players, both big characters. Prequel trilogy, it was Obi-Wan and Anakin. And I wanted it to be Rey and Finn, that they were the two heroes. And, you know, they were on this journey together. They were, but we really didn't get that big of a payoff with Finn at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, it kind of seemed like they. I, I kind of agree with you that that's what I was expecting to happen. And instead of kind of explore, it f- almost felt like instead of exploring kind of his connection to the force, they, they introduced uh, that other group of, of, of stormtroopers and kind of almost reconnected him to the stormtroopers that, that, that had, you know, I mean, and I thought that was cool that they showed, you know, this isn't the only stormtrooper ever that that questioned what they were doing and 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 made a change, you know. But but it almost seemed like they 
yeah, I thought they were going to go right and they went left and re- kind of reconnected him to, you know, to his, his stormtrooper past and, and, and that other group of people. That was yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's kind of why I want another uh, trilogy is to explore his force connection, you know, his character, but I don't know. It might happen. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. To kind of answer your early question about the, these characters, I, I felt like uh, uh, Poe, we, we never really learned anything about him. But at the same time, how can you, you know, how can you go down that road? Um, it's just, it, it's just too much and would require a whole nother movie. And, and the same thing in the original trilogy, right? We would, you, when you watch it, you're curious about Han's, a solo's backstory, but there's no way that they could have gone into that. Not, not to the satisfaction uh, of the audience. So, you know, maybe someday they'll get their own movie, but uh, you know, how, how can you touch on those backstories? But, you know, I agree with Poe's character. Um, you know, I never really saw him as a Jedi. Um, and, but what, it was interesting. I'm sorry, Finn. Yeah, I, okay. as far as Finn goes, I, I never really saw him as uh, as becoming a Jedi or, you know, he certainly may have been uh, force sensitive to a certain degree. But it was curious to see that he had a similar background that Han Solo had, who also spent a period of time uh, as a stormtrooper. But I, I was curious or interested in the uh, Rise of Skywalker how they had Finn's character when they're, you know, in the sand falling and they all think they're going to die. Finn turns to Ray and is like, I never told you. And he, and he like, he wants to say something to her and then they go through the sand and then, and they, they end up living and we never ever do they ever touch on what, what that is. And Poe even asked them, what, what were you going to tell Ray? What was the thing that you're going to tell her? And, and you would think at the very end of the movie, they would have had an opportunity for Finn to express whatever it is he was going to express. But it's almost like the movie ended and someone who, and they were like, oh, we forgot. Hey, and it's like, oh, we forgot to put in that scene where Finn tells Ray what he was going to say. But they're like, ah, you know what? Never mind. The movie's over. We can't go back and put it in. It's done. Well, they, and did, so we're, they did put it in ahead. a novel. It's oh, in the book. okay. So you're, I think your theory might be correct. <laughs> so, so, so enlighten us. What, what was in the book? Well, you know, there at the very end, when everyone returns from the big battle, and Ray, Finn, and Poe meet up, and they have that hug there at the end. Finn starts to say, "Hey, Ray, I never told you," and she just says, "I know." And through the force, they kind of feel a connection there. So they don't even have a conversation about it. It's just they know through the Force that Finn can use the Force. So it's not even clearly stated in the book, but it's heavily implied and all but said verbally. It's very short. And is there a connection of him to her uh, as far as admiration or amorous? Is he, is he, or no? Because that's... It's just friends. That's what the assumption would yeah. is made, right? Yeah. When you're when you're about to die, you don't turn to someone and say, "Hey, Ray, I never told you this, but I think I feel the force." Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. you when you're about to die, you turn to someone and you're like, 
I never told you this, but before we die, I want to make sure you know I loved you. I, I'm in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. So that seems that seems silly. Yeah. And after what we saw in the Force Awakens, with there was a connection there. Whether it's just hey, you're you're attractive. We we just met type thing. Or if, Absolutely. It, or if it develops, but it was there in the first movie and the start of the second movie with, you know, he wakes up from his coma and he's like, where's Ray? Where's Ray? I need to find her. And yeah. then it never went anywhere. I was no. always disappointed in that. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know what the, what the, the logic behind that was. Did I miss it? Do I wish there was a relationship between Finn and Ray? No, I, I, I don't. But, uh, it seems like why go there if you're not going to develop that that plot line or that storyline? Why continually hint at it? Just and, and then and then just leave it alone. It seems like a waste. Well, I I think there was a, just a lack of romance throughout the whole trilogy. Um, we had it in the first original trilogy. We had it obviously in the prequel, and in this trilogy, it. it was Kylo and Ray kind of had a thing that's weird attraction and then they kiss at the end but in the book again the book describes it as they were kissing as someone who admires the other and it's a friendly kiss and so again why even have that happen if they're not going to have a romance and I I feel like that was a that was missing from this trilogy um there just there was no emotions, emotional connection between any characters that, I guess Rose and Finn kind of had this connection in the Last Jedi, but I never really bought it, and it never yeah. went anywhere. Yeah, so. me either. Yeah, I, I I will say this: my wife and my daughter, the uh, the Rise of Skywalker is their favorite movie, and it all hinges on that final scene and the two of them kissing. <laughs> yeah. so so do you guys do you guys remember the movie labyrinth yeah yeah david bowie and and yeah. uh jennifer jennifer oh, conley jennifer and Con david bowie yes yes and you know david bowie's like the goblin king or whatever and i remember when i was like 10 years old my sister who was like 20 took me to that movie and at the end the movie ends i'm 10 years old my sister unmarried is 20 and we're walking out, and she's like, why didn't they kiss? And I'm like, the 16-year-old babysitter and the goblin king? <laughs> and she was, like, so heartbroken that the two of them didn't kiss. And so I, <laughs> when these two did kiss, I thought about that. Like, yeah, That's you funny. know, I mean, it, it, it did feel a little bit out of place for me. But, but uh, yeah, a lot of people, Ashton didn't like it. He was like, Gross, but everybody else, everybody else liked it, and I, and I mean, I don't know. I guess they fiddled with that connection for for so you know for the last two movies, and you know them kind of joining together, and and uh, she mentioned you know I would have taken your your hand, I would have taken Ben's hand, and uh, I guess that was kind of a way to 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 wrap that up and and kind of give him a full a full redemption, I guess, um, before he died. Yeah. But. Yeah. All right. Um, and then a big surprise for me for this film was C-3PO. I mean, I, 
I don't think we've seen him this involved in the story since Empire Strikes Back, episode five from 1980. Uh, maybe Return of the Jedi a little bit, but he had a big role to play in this film. And I was in the prequels. He always came across as annoying. Like I found C-3PO more annoying than Jar Jar Binks, and he was just kind of there. But in this film, I enjoyed his. Uh, Anthony Daniels' performance of C-3PO and his role in the story. And it was pleasant. I was pleasantly surprised to see him and his performance there. Yeah, I, I, you know, I never really, you know, I think George Lucas was quoted as saying the original trilogy um, episodes uh, four, five, and six were really more about these two droids, right? I think he has said that. But I think he probably has said other things as well, you know. <laughs> so spending too I much mean, time on that ranch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, well, make up your mind. Who is who are are these? Is this about the Skywalkers? I mean, who is it about? You it's know, about I, all of us. This is, yeah, exactly. But yeah, you know, it it, it did seem like the C three PO R two D two relationship uh, was obviously lost in the. Episodes one, two, and three, and then of course in seven, eight, and nine, where we had that kind of comedic duo, and and the characters relying on them, and at some point, you know, R two D two obviously always having to plug in, download plans or open doors, and and that certainly we didn't really see that in uh, seven and eight. Obviously, uh, BB eight, of course, kind of took over that role. And R two D 2s character seemed to be lost um, in that in that relationship, and, and and again, you can't help but wonder and feel like there should have been a more emotional attachment, you know, when Luke, you know, it seems like with Luke's character R two D two was like uh, like a man's best friend, like a good old dog, right? And when he sees him on the Millennium Falcon, he's just like, oh hey buddy, and it it appears that that R two D two was with Luke. When he was training Kylo Ren, and and they had the the mass rebellion, and R two is there with Luke th- throughout, and Empire Strikes Back, in a very close relationship, and and he was pretty much missing from this last trilogy. Yeah. Um, so to see R C to see C three PO take on the role that he did, it, it was interesting to see that, um, but I didn't really notice it like you did. And this kind of plays maybe into a different discussion, but you know, there's uh, with some of these characters that that were introduced. I think a lot of times there's a hole that needs to be filled, and so, and the way they they bridge those gaps is with these characters. So, for example, you know, they had to figure out a way to ha- to get to get the group to the planet where C3PO could be downloaded. And so the only reason why they would do that is have him not be able to decipher the the blade, have to have him go there to do that. What I'm curious about, Justin, is is just at the end of The Force Awakens, and I know they probably covered this in in some literature that I'm not aware of, but but C-3PO has a red arm, right? But and he and he says he makes a comment about it in the movie and says, uh, "But we'll tell that another story or another time." Yeah, and maybe that what and maybe they maybe the 
point of that was to tell it in a comic book, which is, I think is where it came out in. Yeah. But they, they never did address it again in the, in the next two movies. So what, what's the story with C-3PO's red arm? I didn't read the comic book. I wasn't, no. in, okay. I wasn't too interested in it. All uh, right. Yeah. But I know there is a comic book. I've, I've seen it on the shelves or whatever, but haven't read it. I just know he has a red arm in the middle of the movie. And then at the end, when Ray's taking off in the Falcon, he's there waving his arm, his gold arm. So yeah. they fixed it at some point. <laughs> and I and, don't and really know the point. Exactly. And, and to dedicate dialogue to that, right. To be like to, in the movie to be like, Oh, you probably notice I have a red arm. I'll, I'll you know, that's, I'll tell you what happened, but that's in another story. Yeah. And then to never go back to it just kind of illustrates a, a common theme in this last trilogy. They seem, they bring things up, but then they never, if you're not going to address it, then why bring it up? Yeah. I kind of wonder, you know, on, that, on, on something like that is, is that a little bit like fanboy service or, or, or something? I know sometimes they try to throw little Easter eggs in that, that only, you know, somebody following the comic book would, would get. And, and it's a little bit of a, a nod and a wink to them. I, I wonder if it was something like that or not. Yeah, that's a one. Good know. point. And, and that's true and good point. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I certainly can appreciate that. Yeah. And I know they do that at some at different storylines or different characters uh, to bring that in. But I think with the C-3PO red arm thing, it was a comic book after the fact, kind of like maybe it was always in the plans, but as far as the release of the comic book, it was later. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so C-3PO is back. He has good, some good lines. Uh, it's a good part to play. I would say for the final character, Palpatine, you know, did we need to bring him back? What was, did it, did it uh, work for you guys? Do you feel like it was good to see him back on the screen? Uh, was it necessary? Kind of that whole, as far as how he fit into this story, what, did it work for you guys? What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I mean, I think it was worth the, the price of admission just to see that mangled finger on his <laughs> left hand. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the creepiest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. But... Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that it gave a little bit of uh, weight to 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 Ray and, and her journey to kind of, you know, to to be a Palpatine and to, you know, have that connection with him. And, and you know, I've always kind of thought like Darth Vader and 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 Kylo Ren and, and those two in particular, they always had good in them. And it was always about that struggle. Right. But when it came to Emperor Palpatine and, and, and kind of, you know, those true, you know, Siths, I, I mean, there was, I never saw any good in him, you know, so he's a pretty evil guy. And, and uh, so, you know, to bring him back, I, I thought that was a, a good holler back to a, a pretty good villain and, and it created a good connection for, uh, uh, for Ray. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't mind it, but I it kind of goes back to some of our earlier discussions 
and the conundrum that may or may not have been created with Ryan Johnson and um, and kid the killing off of Snoke in the second movie. So, and to Blake's uh, comment earlier about when they make these movies, or did they make them with all three stories in mind, or was J.J. Abrams left with a dilemma with with the killing of Snoke in in the second movie of this last trilogy, and was what was Ryan Johnson? What what was his intent when when he made the movie that he did? He knew that there was going to be another episode. He wanted to take out Snoke, so I would be curious to know what he, Ryan was if he was going to direct the third movie. What was he setting up? Was he setting up a, 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 a an ultimate battle between Kylo and Rey yeah. um, uh, by by taking out Snoke? And uh, I mean, what? And, and we'll, I don't know if we'll ever know that question. But if if, if asked to direct that third movie, what, what was what, what what would he have done? Um, and 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 now that and since he did, they kind of had to bring someone back because at the same time, the Ryan Johnson took Kylo Ren's character and made evident on the screen that Kylo Ren's character was was struggling with his decision that he made to, to kind of commit himself to the dark side. So how can you make Kylo Ren this ultimate evil, you know, the, the, the catalyst uh, of the final movie when throughout the second movie, you're showing him teeter and totter back and forth on whether or not he, he'll be good. And, and now he wants Ray to join him. So he, he's clearly setting up some type of, fight or war or confrontation between those two characters in the end but is it real when you can clearly see kylo is struggling with his decision and you have to have a character in a movie where you're going to have a, a like this the bad guy has to be a bad guy he can't be someone who isn't sure on what side of the what side of the uh, the chalk line is, is going to be on i think they were left with a decision where well, with Snoke being killed off, we can't leave it between Kylo Ren and Rey. We've got to bring someone back. And, and so they were kind of like, well, let's bring back Palpatine. You know, it kind of fit nice into a, a nice little puzzle piece. But I don't know that that was something that they originally would have done if they had planned all three movies at the same time. Yeah, I think, just to put it out there, so... J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and Colin Trevorrow were hired to do the three movies, and they each had their own um, script to write. Uh, and initially, when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, George Lucas had three story treatments written out for this trilogy. He had a, a journey, a, a kind of a, a, a map, ideas, and he used that as a bargaining chip to have Disney buy the by Lucasfilm and for more money use it as a bargaining chip for them to pay more money for because he's like well I already have these three movies written and so you need to pay me for those and then they got they got the scripts or these treatments and they read them and they didn't like them so then they're like well we're going to go this direction because initially George Lucas was going to be kind of a consultant 
he was going to help out on, you know, fleshing out the stories and ideas and things like that. But they didn't, they didn't like what they were seeing. So then they had JJ Abrams and Kasdan. Yeah. So they ended up writing the force awakens. George Lucas gets mad. Cause he's like, wait, you guys said I would help out. You'd use my stories, but now you're not. So then he left. So then they had these three directors they got going with Ryan Johnson's script and filming and everything. And then Colin Trevorrow drops out after uh, Carrie Fisher dies. Uh, and so the way they had it set up was Force Awaken was Han Solo's movie. Last Jedi was Luke Skywalker's movie. And then the last one was Princess Leia's movie. But she dies before they can actually film anything. So then they're like, oh, crap. Now we got to, you know, come up with a new story. Colin Trevorrow couldn't do that or he didn't want to. I don't know which one. So then that's when he left. They hired J.J. Abrams. And now he's got to come up with a whole new story. Ooh. Or at least use elements from these other things. So part of it's situational. Part of it is they did have a map at the beginning, but they chose not to use it with you know mm. George Lucas's ideas. So Interesting. Yeah. I can see that now that you mention it. You know how... How uh, the first movie kind of followed Han Solo, obviously, and then the second movie, obviously, Ray being trained by Luke, but wasn't trained by Luke, right? Because, <laughs> and then and then the third movie, they touch upon Leia. You know, there's there's an, and I caught it just in the last time, just rewatching it again the other the other night. I don't think I caught it when in the movie theater when I watched it. But Ray refers to Leia as master, and, and I don't think I caught that when I watched it in the movie theater. Um, and well, I, I know I didn't. So, so they allude to the fact that Leia must have been training her to some degree, because you know that that term in this universe is is only referenced when a Jedi is training a Padawan, right? Yeah, and. Um, but how much training could could Leia really provide? But then, but then they show these cutback scenes where Leia and Luke, when they're young, Luke is training Leia when they're young, um, which was I loved. I thought that was yeah. great. I thought that was really neat. But it was interesting uh, that that you tell me that it, it would be interesting to know, and maybe maybe we do what George Lucas's ideas were for for the three movies. They. They haven't released any ideas yet, so... Yeah, yeah we'll probably never know. Yeah. But I think I think if Carrie Fisher hadn't died, we'd see a little more defining story of how Leia trained Rey. You know, she'd be more involved in that instead of using old footage from Episode 7 to kind of hint at that she's been training her for the past year. You know, I think that'd be more solidified. And I, I have to give yeah. them a pass for that. You know, they did the best they could with what they had at that point. So it's unfortunate, but I don't yeah. hold it against them. Now, and actually the way that they, they pulled Carrie Fisher in, I, I mean, there were a couple little parts where it maybe felt a little disconnected or whatever, but overall it was, I was a little worried because, uh, you know, when you go to uh, um, Rogue One, when they have kind of that, computer-generated Princess Leia, um, it, you know, as as is usually the case, just a little off-filling, yeah. you know, and so 
I wondered how they'd work that into this last movie and using some of that footage and, and maybe touching it up a little bit or whatever, you know, it, it was nice to see her, right? Cause at the end, this was kind of a reunion and kind of, uh, you know, a culmination and, and, uh, and, uh, of everything. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, it's, it, I think they handled it as well as they could have. And, and I think it worked out pretty good. Yeah, it did. I, I can't help but wonder though, you know, one of the, my biggest concerns of course, is the, is the actor's ages. And there's a part of me that can't help, but you know, when I saw Leia on screen and even hunt Harrison Ford's character, Hey, don't um, say anything bad about Harrison Ford. <laughs> don't do it. I'm not, I won't, but I, I'll, all I'll say is this, I, I can't help. Of course, hindsight's 2020, but maybe what would have been a more appropriate would have been is, is instead of making episode one, two, and three, when they did is they should have made seven, eight, and nine back in those, in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you're come back right now, man. <laughs> and then, and then, how interesting would it be to now get the backstory of of Solo and and have have the original the the original ep- episodes one, two, and three come out now, but incorporate Solo the the standalone Solo movie and the standalone Rogue One movie as part of that trilogy. How interesting would have that would that have been? Yeah. To, to see it to see how it all started and, and leading right up to uh, episode four like Rogue One did as opposed to being a standalone movie have solo and Rogue One and and then and Padme and and Anakin and and all their stories kind of culminate I, I think that would have been a I think of course you know hindsight is 2020. I think that would have been better, and then and so we would have had an episode seven, eight, nine with a younger Mark Hamill, uh, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford. Yeah. Have like a ten-year gap instead of thirty. It'd be. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. All right. Well, so final thoughts. Uh, let's talk about uh, what one thing you liked. One thing you wish would have happened but didn't, and just you know, final thoughts: what you thought about episode nine. Start with you, Nathan. Oh boy. Uh, okay, so something I liked. Yeah, that you like one of your favorite things. Like I'm so glad that I, I got to see that or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Who? That's a tough one. <laughs> it's hard to put it there. I wouldn't say there was one thing. In, in any of it that just stood out above all the others. But there were a few things that I really uh, enjoyed seeing. And that was, I enjoyed seeing the Death Star crashed, you know, underwater and Ray in, in the Emperor's room. That was pretty neat. Uh, I really liked the cutback scene to Luke and Leia and Luke training Leia to be a Jedi uh, I appreciated that and, and certainly uh, touched on some of the questions regarding Leia and her use of the force 
in um, in the past. I really like the final scene with Ray back on Tatooine at uh, uh, standing there where Luke grew up, and of course, you know the bittersweetness. Uh, I, I would have liked. And and to your second question, what I what what I would have liked to have seen, uh, I can't help but feel like they missed an opportunity to really show, and, and maybe this is intentional. But when Ray was, you know, they show Palpatine literally shooting the lightning from his fingertips and destroying half of the skyline. The, the power of the dark side was just like really illustrated in that point and how, and how powerful it was. But you were waiting to see as powerful as that was, you're like, whoa, if, if the dark side can be that powerful to, for him to be able to do that, then what is the, the power of the light going to be and, and how amazing it was going to be. And we, I can't help but feel like they missed an opportunity to really demonstrate the power of the light. I mean, they show Ray get up and you hear all these, these, these voices talking to her as she says, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think, she, I think the quote from the movie is, is she's whispering in her mind, be with me, right? Is that the word? Be with me, be with me. How incredible would it have been to see, you know, all these force ghosts, appear and maybe logistically it just wasn't possible but i mean i mean with computer animation and they can make leia look young how could how easy would have been to see the power of the light and all these force ghosts standing behind her and the emperor to just like have this whole crap look on his face yeah when he sees all of this all of these jedi masters standing behind behind ray as she as He's shooting the lightning at her, and she's blocking it with the two sabers, pushing it back on him. To see Mace Windu, to see Qui-Gon Jinn, to see Anakin, uh, to see Luke, to see Leia, to see them all there, Yoda. Wow, I think that was a missed opportunity. And then, and then to show more than just Luke and Leia at the end there on Tatooine. I, I would have liked to have seen uh, a, a, represent, a better representation of that. Like with it, more Jedi or more Skywalkers? Yeah, or more, you know, how cool it would have been to see Anakin there, you know, to, to see. Because for her to turn and say to that woman, what you know, Ray who, Ray Skywalker, it, it would have been, I think, a little bit more apropos to show maybe a few more Jedi to represent that Skywalker is not just a name, but it's it's what it's a choice, right? Yeah. It's, and that's ultimately what Ray was making, as Luke said to her. It's not about. God. So, what did you think of the Ray Skywalker at the end? Was that you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense, or you're like, oh that's I, I stupid? Think, I think she should have gone by Palpatine, you know. <laughs> no, I, I think that was probably a good choice for her, you know. Yeah. And, and I guess you know it kind of shows shows her journey, and I. I think Palpatine, he's, he's been uh, responsible for quite a few deaths. So, you know, maybe that was a yeah. good idea. Yeah. All right. So what about you, Blake? What, uh, what's one thing or a couple things that you're glad that you saw in the movie 
And what's one thing you're like, oh, they totally missed opportunity. And just final thoughts on, on the movie. Yeah, sure. So, no, I, I think you mentioned it earlier. Uh, I think uh, giving C-3PO a, a more enduring part was, was really cool. You know, I, I thought that little detour was of, of, uh, you know, with him was, was really fun. I, um, I do think, you know, when they rebooted him, they should have, uh, given him like a deep Australian accent or something like that. <laughs> like, hey, mate. Those are the, those are the factory settings and they yeah. chose that voice or something. He spoke Spanish. It long ago. <laughs> that would have been probably pretty good. Spanish, but like a Spanish <laughs> yeah. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, but 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 I thought that was cool. I I, I think that there were the the one thing I wish you mentioned it was almost like they were trying to put two movies into one. Sometimes it felt like, and and that's kind of what I I felt a little bit as well. You know, um, there there were all these little story devices that 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 just went through so quickly. You know, I I'm thinking you know with with C3PO that could have been uh, kind of a fun you know, some, some fun comic relief to, you know, like a, a Star Trek four kind of thing, you know, where he's getting learning and getting back into the group and, and kind of a fish out of a water situation that would have been fun. And, and then as they kind of went, as they kind of went down that whole, you know, scavenger hunt, treasure hunt kind of, kind of thing. And, and they, you know, they had to, you know, find the, the the Sith dagger and they had to find that beacon and and each of those pieces were just they just went through them so quickly and I think each of those could have been kind of a a fun little adventure in in their own you know I think that they found this knife figured out where to go with it and how to use it and pull that little scimitar thing out and and everything that was like three minutes of the movie the movie and, and and a lot of those things I think could have been fun but it, it you know, that, that's one thing I would have liked to have seen, you know, if it not that, you know, they could have pulled off two movies or whatever. But 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 I think they had a lot of great devices and a lot of great opportunities to to show the three of them, Ray, Poe and, and Finn, you know, kind of interacting through these things. Had they given them a little bit more time, I, I think it would have been a lot more fun. And it felt a little bit hurried through some of that. Yeah. But. OK. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things that I'm really glad I saw, I think you guys mentioned a lot of them, the the Sith lightning there with Palpatine at the end, that was truly unlimited power. We finally got to, to see what he was, what his goal always was, and just how powerful he could be. I really liked how the movie expanded upon the, the Sith, the Sith uh, culture, I guess you could say. Uh, they had all those Sith acolytes there on Exegol there at the end. And we see that the line from episode three where um, Palpatine says, you know, the dark side is a pathway to many things that some people find to be unnatural. And we see that he, he is, he creates clones of, of Snoke, of himself, so that he, his spirit can to live there within those bodies. And that's covered in the books where... Um, they describe how when he fell down the shaft in Return of the Jedi, that his he thrust his essence or his spirit out of his body, and it made its way to Exegol, where they were preparing 
bodies and, and things like that that he could inhabit. So they kind of expanded on all, all that. And we got to see more of the Sith and what their, I don't know if everyday life is the right term, but, you know, more of their going-ons. So I really, I was really glad to see that. Glad to see Lando back. Wish he could have been more involved. Um, and then he's too old. Yeah, you could you could tell that in this film. <laughs> he was always yeah. sitting down <laughs> in his scenes. <laughs> so, but he's it was still good to cool see. though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's the coolest. And then one thing that I wish I could have seen more of is what Nathan was talking about with the the Force Ghosts. I think that, I too think that was a missed opportunity. We definitely needed to see, at least at the very end when a raise at the homestead, have Luke, Leia, Anakin, maybe even Ben Solo there, Han Solo there, you know, just the family. Because at the beginning of The Force Awakens, Rey was waiting for her family. She wanted it to be long, wanted to be with her family. And then we find out her family is the Palpatines and they're a bunch of murderers and darksiders. And so... Well, I guess her parents weren't, but you know that's the lineage that she comes from, and so she didn't she didn't have a family. The Skywalkers accepted her, so we should have seen at least the Skywalkers there at the end saying, "We approve. Yeah. I'm glad you took our name," type thing. And then also to have seen the Jedi, like you were talking about earlier, there at the end, that end battle. I think that was a missed opportunity as well. So. Uh, but as far as my final thoughts, um, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad it's over because there's there's been a lot of <laughs> YouTube videos and people just, oh, I hate it. Oh, I love it. It's just like this constant controversy over a property and uh, some movies that I really enjoy. So I'm glad that yeah. part's over. I, I, there's part of me, though, that wants 10, 11, 12, wants the story to continue. I want to see more. Um, and I think I think they'll go back to it. So their their plan is to branch out and do other parts, other corners of the galaxy type thing. I think that'll be cool, but it's not it's not going to be the same. And I think the financial part, the financial gain, will reflect that. So I think they'll go back to it at some point. But hopefully, I'm not like 80 years old and don't really care about Star Wars anymore. But so I I want to see more of the story. But we'll see where it goes. I thought it was a, a fitting ending. Sure, there it could have been better. It could have been different. But I, I like what we got, and I enjoy it. I enjoy rewatching. I've watched it probably twice on home video, and have enjoyed it both times. So. I have. I've watched it. Um, I haven't watched any of the uh, additional you know, featurettes, you know, the making of or behind the scenes stuff. So I don't, I don't know what's involved in those, but, but, uh, I, I obviously I, I will, but yeah, I'm like you, I, I kind of like, I'm, I'm glad it's over, but I, I don't want, I don't want the universe to end, you know, and, and maybe in the future we can kind of talk about that. Uh, if there's an opportunity, I, I love the Mandalorian series. I think yeah. it's great. And I and uh, I would have loved to have the 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 creators and directors, and the story writers behind that series. It would be would have been interesting to if if there was some collaboration on their part because I think they really represent 
you know, individuals like us who, if they had a say or hand in, in how these movies could have been made, um, not that I don't like them. I, I, I like them, but, but some, some, some content and or approaches uh, and, and a more grittier approach. But, but like you, Justin, I hope there is a 10, 11, and 12, but they're not, and maybe you, not, maybe you don't mean this, but how great would it be? I can't help but think, like, let's, let's, let's fast forward the, the, into the universe 100 years, and the Jedi are, are something that don't ex- haven't existed for eons, and we get introduced to all new characters in a completely whole new uh, universe, and, 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 and all of that is just legend in books, and they, they bring the Force back, but they bring it back in just small, really small doses, right? And, uh, and it's like starting it all over again. But anyways. Very interesting. With better Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to plug into everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be cool. Like that, the whole the whole uh, Skywalker thread, though. It, I think we saw that a little bit with Solo that the audience didn't really respond quite as quite yeah. as well to that, just because it was missing that real intimate connection. And I'm with you guys. I, I'd love to see him kind of revisit it at some point, and and uh, you know maybe another ten years from now, and it can start a fight between Ashton and his wife and yeah. Yeah. the cycle can continue. Yep. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me on my podcast, the credible nerds and glad to have you had talked for a good, at least an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes of star Wars. So can't get better than that. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully we'll have you back at some point in the future and for those listening definitely follow us on social media on twitter instagram facebook just do a search for credible nerds join us there join in on the conversation give us some feedback leave some comments on this episode and as always you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash the credible nerds and you can hear bonus content bonus episodes and get more credible nerds so Thank you guys for joining us and for Nathan and Blake. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Thanks.